We just finished Thanksgiving. People worry that the Christmas holiday season overwhelms Thanksgiving, that we lose Thanksgiving. Hey, what about Advent? What about poor Advent? Hey friends, welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. We are here to talk about Advent. What's the deal, if you will, with Advent? Well, we're going to find out with our guest, Pastor Brian Nowak. But friends, before we get to the specifics of this episode, a quick reminder of what Press Club C actually is. Each letter stands for stuff we talk about. P is for politics. R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S is for sports. That second S is for stories, books and writing, my own books, other books, fiction, nonfiction, reviewers, author interviews. C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L is for life, the big catch-all. U is for understanding, lessons, for example, in history and economics. B is for business and entrepreneurship. And then last C in Press Club C is for conservative. Why? Because I am one. And since we have to be very specific about such things these days, I'm a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. Now let's get to today's episode. So the Christmas season keeps on spreading and people get distressed about, I think, losing Thanksgiving sometimes in the mix. Well, what about Advent? Um, how does Advent fit all into all of this? Or as I put it earlier, what's the deal with Advent? So P- Pastor Brian Nowak is here to set us straight in our thinking on Advent. Um, pastor Nowak is the pastor at St. John's Lutheran Church in Sayville, New York. Brian, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me back. And what else? You also do other grand things, right? What's your what's your uh, position with... Uh, the LWML, the Lutheran Women's Missionary League. Uh, I am currently serving as the senior pastoral counselor. So I am on my uh, fourth year of service with them and will be finishing that up uh, come June when we have our convention in Milwaukee. And the next the next guy will take over. Wow. Okay. A convention in Milwaukee. What could be better than that? That's so, uh, that's so Lutheran. That's <laughs> that is true. I can't think of much better. It's so good that our church body, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, also is having their convention there uh, in July. So. Well, why wouldn't you? We're saying all these things. We're insulting people in the lovely city of Milwaukee, which, by the way, is one of the few relatively large cities that I've never been to. So who knows? Maybe I need to get there. It is a, a quite a nice city. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of good things that are there and a lot of things that uh, are very interesting. So I would recommend visiting. It's great. All right. There you go. We're, we're, we're mending, I'm mending my ways with the city of Milwaukee <laughs> as if anyone there cares. Like, who, who's talking about us? <laughs> All right. So Advent, um, let's, let's open it. Let's start things off with, you know, what is, what's the word mean? And, and uh, how does it maybe fit into the, the church year? Is that a good way to start off? Sure. Advent is really the, the opening season, if you will, for the church year. Um, our church calendar does not follow the regular secular calendar that we follow. So um, this past Sunday, we're recording uh, just after uh, we're on the 22nd. Uh, on the 20th, we had the last Sunday of the church year. And so we are going to be starting a new church year next Sunday on the 27th with the season of Advent. Um, And this is a season that uh, the name Advent uh, comes from the Latin uh, meaning to come into or to come forth. 
And we typically think about this in a couple of ways. Uh, the first of which is we, we often confess the two comings of Christ, uh, his birth, uh, which we celebrate at Christmas time. And then we confess also his coming again in glory on the last day, his second coming. And so we have those two comings that we talk about throughout the season of Advent. But in the church, we also talk about one more uh, way in which our Lord comes to us. And that is in uh, the every, every Sunday preaching of the word and through the sacramental gifts of the church and baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, these are also ways that God makes himself uh, known to us and he comes to us to deliver his grace and forgiveness to us. Uh, so that's the, the meaning of Advent. Now, the season itself has taken on a number of different themes and, and tenors over the course of the centuries. Uh, a lot of it began with a time of uh, really uh, a chance to reflect upon the ways in which God has given his gifts to his people. Um, and so the season of Advent started off as a season of fasting, uh, really in response to uh, the, the the harvest and the way in which God has provided for them. So it was a time that they could reflect and give thanks uh, for the fruits of the earth that God had given to them, which is very, you know, fits in very well with our American calendar that we're just celebrating Thanksgiving when people will most likely overindulge in a variety of good things. Um, and so having a season of Advent to kind of take a break uh, isn't, a, isn't a bad thing. Um, that kind of morphed into this idea of a penitential season as well, uh, that it was a time to sort of take care of the, the sinfulness that we have as a way to uh, get ready for the Savior of the world to come, who will, who will deal with our sin by ultimately moving from the, the manger to the cross and the empty tomb. And so it sort of transitioned from this idea of a fasting season to a penitential season to a season of preparation of getting ready for this this Savior to arrive. And that's kind of a, a brief rundown of everything. And again, it depends on who you ask as to what the, the real purpose of the season of Advent is. There's a lot of traditions across various Christian denominations in that way. Sure. Um, well, along those lines, like what does what does the church look like? You know, if you go during Advent, you know, is there, does the church, when I, when I say the church, I mean, you know, say your church building, um, you know, what's different about Advent um, in terms of the way the church works and it, does it look any different? Uh, that type of thing. Yeah. Some, again, this depends on local tradition and custom and, and what you, what the churches feel as though their, their season of Advent is for. Um, so in some churches that sort of focus on the more penitential type side of things, what you'll find is a little bit of a, of a starkness to the season of Advent in terms of the church decor, um, the, the, the music of the church in that time as well. Uh, so, for example, um, some, those churches will oftentimes put the color purple on the on the altar, uh, which is a, a color of repentance, uh, often associated with the season of Lent. So, in in, in many ways, Advent becomes a, a an initial sort of Lenten type season. Um, the other thing that happens is that typically we will not sing uh, during the the normal liturgy on Sunday morning the song of the angels, the Gloria in Excelsis. We will save that for Christmas. So you have kind of a muted celebration uh, during that season. 
The flip side of that is that if you look at uh, Advent as a season of preparation, as a season uh, also of hope and expectation, uh, some churches will decorate in the color blue. That has become very popular, uh, which is also uh, considered to be the color of Mary. And so we're getting ready for this Savior to be born, and blue is a color of hope. And so we have uh, a little bit different uh, feel about things, still have perhaps a little bit of a muted celebration. Um, oftentimes, churches that utilize blue instead of purple will go ahead and begin to put decorations up for Christmas. So it's not uncommon for churches in that tradition to uh, go ahead and put up their Christmas tree and to hang greens around the sanctuary and to get things sort of ready, um, symbolizing this idea of preparation for the coming of the king. So really, yeah. it, it depends. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that struck me because I've seen churches where, you know, you don't decorate for Christmas per se until you're you're almost right on top of it uh, in some churches. And then in other churches, you know, they're they're doing it right after uh, uh, Thanksgiving. So that's, that's kind right. of interesting. Um, so along those lines, um, you know, how does the how do you or how does the church in general handle, you know, this? You know, it's it's the ever expanding Christmas season, right? Relative to Advent, perhaps. Um, you know, is it? You know, I had another discussion with uh, with Pastor Craig D'Onofrio, and that'll be the next episode after this one that'll air. But we were talking about Christmas music, and you know, I I, I admitted that I start listening very early to Christmas music, and you know, is that necessarily a bad thing? And his response was, well. You know, I've never, he's never had a problem with the idea of all of a sudden <clears throat> on the radio, you're hearing sacred music, right? Can that possibly be a bad thing? So I was like, oh, that's an interesting way to think about it. I, I'm, I'm in your camp, Craig, <laughs> but, <laughs> but is it, you know, so is it possible or okay, or however you want to think about it to celebrate, you know, kind of both side by side where you've got, you know, this expanding Christmas season, maybe in the secular world and you've got this season of Advent, you know, is it really a problem? Do you have to, you know, do you have to just keep it all straight in your head? <laughs> How do you deal with that? <laughs> well, I think here at my congregation in particular, that we we make an intentional effort, at least on our Sunday services, to sort of keep Advent as Advent. So um, we try to wait as long as possible to decorate. Um, and even when we do put up the Christmas tree, for example, um, we won't light light the tree until actually Christmas Eve. Um, so we try to kind of make that distinction between Advent and Christmas. That being said, I don't think there has to be a hard line that you, you know, absolutely no Christmas until Christmas shows up. Um, I think it's, it's a wonderful thing that you hear uh, sacred music on the radio, you know, throughout, throughout the, the, the season and this, the month of December, um, really, and even prior to that, I guess, nowadays. Um, and I, I'm you one wanna, of those people. Do you want to know when I started listening to Christmas music this year, or do you no. not want to know? Well, you, I mean, I, I'm not one to judge. I just know how I rule my own household. Yeah, so. well, I, in, in my office, at least, it was very early November, but continue okay. on. Yeah. My, my house, we have a strict Thanksgiving rule. So once Thanksgiving is done, then Christmas can start. So, Fair um, enough. Yeah. My daughter kind of pushes the limits on that, but that's all right. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think overall, though, you know, they're – you can you can blend the two together, but I think there still needs to be the the idea of having this separation where you're you do have a time of of focusing on the coming of Christ and the way that he comes and and 
build up that anticipation and that expectation for Christmas to actually arrive and then to celebrate the incarnation, the birth of Christ, God in the flesh with gusto on that day and really have something to celebrate much in the same way that we do in, in the season of, of Lent and Easter, uh, where we, you know, we really suppress uh, celebrations during the season of Lent and we're looking forward to, you know, full blast rejoicing on Easter Sunday. And I think that just kind of helps with keeping people's uh, hearts and minds focused on uh, what it is that's that's happening during this time and building that anticipation uh, for the joyous event that is yet to come. Um, That being said, you know, is a Christmas hymn thrown in, you know, during the season of Advent going to hurt anybody? Absolutely not. Uh, We, you know, we do celebrate every Sunday as a little Easter, really. Um, So why not also celebrate in some ways uh, the incarnation? Again, God made flesh for us, you know, if if that's appropriate and fits in with the readings. Well put. I like that. Um, All right. Now let's let's roll up our sleeves and get into the big controversy. Uh, Oh, boy. The the Advent wreath. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) So... So I grew up, and and my wife certainly grew up, and she'll let you know this, that um, the the four candles on the Advent wreath, three were purple and one was pink. Uh-huh. And now, in recent times, uh, we've seen, I guess, or all four being blue. Yeah. And then there's also this white candle that sometimes sits in the middle and sometimes it doesn't. Right. So, so all right, I hand it over to you. <laughs> Walk us through this. What's going (laughs) on here? Uh, well, again, uh, much as it is with many things, it really depends on what tradition you come from and what the local custom is, and and uh, it can vary. I think the important thing when it comes to the Advent wreath is that you sort of pay attention to what it's doing and why it's doing it wherever you happen to be. And there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer in terms of what is the, the best way or the correct way to, to, to use an Advent wreath. Um, they all speak to this season of, again, preparation, anticipation, reflection, as we get ready for the coming of the, of the Savior King. So, uh, yes, uh, traditionally, uh, I would say that the Advent wreath itself, uh, going, let's, you know, we don't know exactly when that started, that tradition. Um, some people uh, liken it to uh, St. Lucia, whose uh, day is December 13th. Uh, she was uh, a virgin who was known for her charity, gave up her dowry so that she could serve the poor, and uh, was martyred for her faith. Um, and she is often depicted in uh, in art as a, a woman, young woman wearing a white gown symbolizing her baptismal purity um, and then wearing a crown uh, that has four candles on it. Uh, and so Lucia means light. And so what we're celebrating with the Advent wreath is this idea of light coming into the world. Now, the purple and pink uh, candles, these again kind of are a, a nod to the penitential side of things, uh, historically speaking, uh, purple matching the purple color of repentance that is sometimes in churches. Um, and each of those candles usually means something, again, depends on where you're from and and, and what you've been taught as to what each candle means. But um, you have uh, usually things like hope, faith, joy, and peace 
in some sort of order. The third candle, which is is pink, is usually always the joy candle, um, and we talk about that as as the uh, the gaudete, the rejoicing that takes place uh, during on that day. So in this penitential season, we take a break, sort of halfway through, to celebrate and rejoice in the fact that God is coming to us. Um, other symbolism or names that have been put with those candles is that you can go through each of them um, as uh, the first one being the prophecy candle, the second one being the Bethlehem candle, the third one being the shepherd's candle, and the last one being the angel's candle and sort of progressing through uh, this anticipation of moving towards the actual nativity of Christ uh, on Christmas Day. And that's sort of the the flip side of this is that the Advent wreath itself has sort of become almost a countdown to Christmas, um, which is where uh, in many ways in our world today, you get these uh, various Advent calendars that have now come out that uh, sometimes have to do with uh, things of faith and other times have things to do with, um, you know, 24 beers to count down to Christmas or something like this, um, which I'm not sure that connects totally. It's very but, Lutheran. That's part yeah, of the It's Lutheran very Lutheran. Aspect. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then the shift over to the other side, then, uh, as you mentioned, the blue candles, uh, this sort of ties in with those, those, uh, churches that sort of have this more, um, I, you know, hopeful type anticipation, uh, theme going through the season of Advent. And so they've, they've removed that penitential sort of focus and kind of gone more towards this, this hopeful focus The the names of the candles sort of remain the same in, in those churches, usually, um, with hope, faith, joy, and peace. Uh, but, uh, they've just gone blue to kind of make everything sort of match. Now, the last thing that you brought up was the the white candle that some people put in the center of the Advent wreath. Um, this is one that uh, is not necessarily historic. It's more of a new innovation, but uh, it really is something that I think that is a quite nice addition. Um, it's meant to be the the Christ candle, and so this is lit, you know, starting on Christmas Eve, and and then is lit constantly throughout the season of Christmas, which follows Advent for the 12 days um, to remind us now that Christ has come and he is dwelling in our midst. Um, so again, various traditions, uh, none of them are bad. They, they all focus and point us towards um, the gifts that Christ gives or to the story of, of Christ's coming. Um, and it's a good way to, to mark the time as we move through the season of Advent towards Christmas. And, and that's, kind of what it is, right? I mean, you, you light a candle with each passing week. I mean, yeah. Right. So it does my, yeah. Um, let me jump over to one other thing that popped into my head. You see, um, various churches add like a midweek service. Yeah. Um, Wednesday evenings seem to be very popular in that choice yeah. during Advent. So what's the purpose there? You know, why add the extra service? I think it, it's a uh, it it probably stems from this idea that uh, you know if we want to rightly prepare to rightly make ready the way of the Lord you know going back to this idea of John the Baptist crying out in the wilderness um, that if we're going to make straight the way of the Lord to come to the earth that one of the ways that we can do that is by taking some time out of a very busy season and spending time in God's Word receiving His gifts in that way again highlighting this this third way of coming that we talked about um, that Jesus comes to us in word and sacrament. So um, it's a, it's a thing that, that churches have started to do to try to help people 
again, mark the time and to, and to get ready for, for Christ to come. So again, that celebration is something that is joyful when it arrives. People have taken the time uh, from the shopping and the family get-togethers and the meals and the parties and all these other things that, that sort of hang on to the season uh, that we can kind of keep Advent in focus and look forward with joy to Christmas to arrive. All right, I'm going to come out of left field, and if you don't have anything off the top of your head, that's perfectly <laughs> okay. fine. But Fair are, there, are there any Advent devotions, devotional books that you that you like in particular that you want to recommend to people? And I know this is out of the blue, so it's an unfair question. If you like, I got nothing off the top of my head. That's fine. <laughs> um, wow. So I don't have anything in particular that I um, that I have found totally helpful. I mean, various in our Lutheran tradition, various organizations will put out a number of, of things annually that follow a different theme. Uh, and most of them are, are fairly good. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with them. Um, personally, I, I happen to continue to follow a, a regular devotional pattern. So the, the books that I use on a regular basis for that uh, already have an Advent theme built into them. And I don't need to necessarily add anything else in addition to that. Um, but there's a number of great resources out there that are, that are well worth time um, and well worth doing throughout that season. So, um, and I would encourage that, especially, you know, during the season of Advent to, to do that in the home is to, to make that a part of your family tradition and to uh, make your own Advent wreath and to follow the, the, the time each day. Spend a, you know, it doesn't take a long time. You can find things that are five minutes long and it's uh, an opening, you know, Bible verse and meditation and a closing prayer. And, and that, that, that's all it really needs to be. Um, certainly as you're, you know, if you have little ones, that's all they can handle. But as, it, um, as they get older, you know, certainly making that a little bit more, more broad is, is something that would be good as well. Good. Any other sorry, thoughts? Oh, go ahead, I don't go have ahead. anything further on that. I'm sorry. No, I, I said it was a completely unfair question. So that... <laughs> I, I will put something in the show notes, perhaps, or and if you've got something, you can email it over to me. But anyway, sure. Um, other other parting thoughts on Advent? I think we you you did a nice job. We did a nice job covering this. But anything else that you want to leave listeners with? Um, I I think if I could just real quick, I would like to highlight you know in terms of the Sundays of Advent, maybe how the thing progresses along. Yeah, um, that absolutely. would be helpful. Yep. Um, typically, you know, the first Sunday of Advent is uh, the traditional reading for the first Sunday of Advent is the Palm Sunday entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem uh, for Holy Week, which sounds weird uh, to do that, but the reason for it is a reminder that you know the reason for Jesus' birth into this world is for the purpose of him making that journey to the cross to die for the sins of the world um, and then to rise again on Easter morning. So we start our church year by pointing people to the, the reason why Jesus comes. Um, so that's the, that's the traditional reading for that day. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, the optional reading uh, that could also be used is uh, a reading that is based on um, Christ's promise to come again on the last day. Um, so it really, either one uh, is, is good because it's either you start off with what's the purpose of all this or what is the promise that comes at the end for us, that, that our Lord comes again in glory on the last day. We then get to a couple of different, uh, the next two weeks, focusing on John the Baptist. The first one, again, as I mentioned, uh, John the Baptist standing on the side of the River Jordan, um, calling people to lives of repentance and baptism for repentance. Um, so it's uh, this idea of, again, uh, turning away from sin and towards the things of God and and being renewed in that walk towards 
um, life in the kingdom of God as well. And then the the third week is John the Baptist, who has been imprisoned and uh, asked the question, you know, of Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? And uh, Jesus responds with basically look around, you know, the lepers are healed and the lame are now walking and the dead are raised. So what do you think? <laughs> um, that's kind of his response. Um, and uh, then the last, the last Sunday of Advent uh, usually is either the angel's visitation to Joseph or the angel's visitation to Mary uh, to announce that the child is going to be born, you know, through Mary, and uh, it really kind of brings everything to a to a head as we look forward to to the nativity of of Christ on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So um, the themes really follow a nice pattern and focus on this idea of of God coming to us in all the various ways that He does. So um, Advent is a great season to just kind of wrap up the you know the the idea of Advent. Um, it's the music of Advent is really striking and powerful. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why, you know, at least here again at my congregation, we really try to keep Advent as Advent and not bleed too much into Christmas. Um, the, the music is just so good. And uh, you know, singing some of those hymns, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, um, Savior of the Nations, Come, um, it's just marvelous uh, texts that that are historic and ancient um, and yet still have very powerful message for us still today and uh, you know I wouldn't sacrifice it <laughs> for uh, for singing the Christmas hymns too early uh, again not a problem to do so but uh, there's just such good stuff in the advent season that it's worth keeping and celebrating and marking the time as we get ready for Christmas Perfect. You know, it, that, that was great. That was a great, great way to wrap it up. I love there, there are two types of guests, right? And I've been, I've been both types when I've been on other shows or radio shows or so on. Is that when, you know, you do the, any other thoughts you want to leave us with? And you're either like, uh, you know, you say something <laughs> like, oh, whatever. And then you've got that answer, which was ideal for what we're doing. So I appreciate that so much. Oh, certainly. <laughs> and Brian, thanks. Thanks for being a guest. And I will hook you into this again in the future. All right. Sounds great. Thank you very much for having me, Ray. Have a blessed Advent and a happy Christmas. You as well. (laughs) Thanks again to Pastor Brian Nowak. And your feedback and suggestions are always welcome. Please check out my various endeavors and books, including the Pastor Stephen Grant Thrillers and Mysteries, including the just-published Persecution, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel. Also, check out Cathedral, an Alliance of St. Michael novel. That's the first in a new series. And there's a group of nonfiction books that I've written, including The Weekly Economist, 52 Quick Reads to Help You Think Like an Economist, and Free Trade Rocks, 10 Points on International Trade, Everyone Needs to Know. All are available at Amazon.com, signed books at RayKeatingOnline.com. Oh, yes, and please order your the Lutheran Planner, the to-do list solution. You can only get that over at RayKeatingOnline.com. Thanks, God bless, have a blessed Advent and a happy Christmas.